to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews to the industry's hottest games. In episode 116, the Punchboarders talk about some recent plays, we head on over to the crowdfunding corner for a game, and then we finally review the new hotness in John Company. Hey, everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. Uh, I'm Richie. All right, uh, we're a little late. Yep, we are. Uh, so we tried to put it out on the social medias. Uh, we just got life. Li- life is uh, is a real thing. Been really busy, bu- busy lately. Um, and it's hard to put uh, some of the duties all on uh, one person. So we're trying to find a way to divide that up. Um, and, uh, but for now, right now, I don't see it being a thing for the foreseeable future, but for right now, um, it is going down to once a month until we figure that out. We're exploring options though. But, uh, you know what, when I posted this on the social media, everybody to a person responded, you know, some of them said they were disappointed, but every single person said they understood. They have families too. They, you know, supported us. A lot of people I'd never heard from. It was really nice. It, it really, yeah, it's really nice. And that's, I mean, Definitely. that's yeah. why we continue to do it is because just because it's, it's such a great community that, uh, yeah. that listens and, and we're thankful. We're so thankful. I will say, actually, there was somebody, um, that contacted me, um, outside the country, really nice guy. Um, he said that, uh, he said that he wanted to give kudos. He'd been going back and listening after he found us. And he said he wanted to give kudos to Richie because he is a sound guy. And he actually thought it was really well done. So he was like, kudos to Richie for his, you know, his talent and how he edits the episodes. A lot of walking in the dark for a while for us. <laughs> as far as <laughs> the editing goes. Yeah, no. you know, you learn by doing. We got but, there, yeah. 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 But he he's like I said, he he was he was very impressed. He also said not to mention that I'm his favorite one, but you know, that's that's neither here nor there. Well, you know, some you got to be the favorite of somebody. <laughs> somebody, somebody's gonna like me. <laughs> I say after the past couple games of John Company, he's gone down a couple notches in my uh, <laughs> embezzling money. Wow, not a company man. No, he's not a company <laughs> that man. That was the all. way we started every game. <laughs> uh, Richie would just like put his hand in front of my face, and then no, you don't listen to him. He's not a company man. Uh, so, he's a salty. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, so for the foreseeable future, we're we're going to be just once a month, but uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, you know, uh, I think yeah, I think everybody understands, and we're good to go. Mm-hmm. So we talk about some games. Let's. Let's I do mean, it. we've gotten that's the that's the one one thing. There has been a game convention that Clef has been to recently, and uh, you know, I know Richie's got some games played at home. I did, which I has did been get nice. a lot of gaming in last week. That's great. All right. Well, let's hear about it. What what have you been playing? I, I assume this is with the family, yeah? Well, these two games I'm going to talk about, well, one of them was with the family, okay. but uh, Village Rails, they're both Osprey games that I'm going to talk about, and both have uh, Village in, in the name. All huh? right. Nice way to theme it up. So, like they yeah. both just came out, or? Uh, Village Rails just came out. Okay. Uh, Village Green, which is the other game that I uh, played, I think came out maybe like 2017, but I was on Amazon. I had a little gift card from work. And so it was wasn't just, anybody else's gift card. It was yours. No, it was mine. It was given directly <laughs> to me. Okay, okay. <laughs> and 
I was just looking around. Literally, there's nothing like my collection. I, I, I need to downsize even more now. <laughs> like as far as like the games that I want to play, I, I can cut out a lot of games. But anyways, I was just going through. wasn't really seeing anything new that I wanted. And then I saw uh, this just popped up as a recommendation. It was Village Green uh, from Piers Sylvester, which we like a lot of his games. Yes, we do. Uh, so, I, you know, it was like $10. So I just threw it in the cart and yeah. uh, picked it up. And it's a little card game. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of Arboretum. And the way that it works is that you have uh, two different types of cards. You have uh, what they call green cards and then award cards or merit cards, maybe. Uh, and the way that it's going to work is that the, the whole theme of the game is that you're all competing villages trying to show off the best uh, garden, essentially. And you're going to have a grid in front of you. It will be a four by four, but within it, you have a three by three grid that you're going to play the green cards to. And on the outside are all the award cards. And on every card, there are there's three different types of flowers that are like up in the corner, like left hand corner. And there's three different colors, possibly. So on your turn, you can either play a green card or you can play an award card. If you're playing a green card, which is what you're going to be doing most of the time, uh, you're going to be filling out your little three by three grid. And when you place a card in there, the first one, it doesn't matter. You can place it whatever. But the next card that you place, uh, it can go anywhere in the grid. You're not restricted. Like you don't have to play right next to the last card you played. But anytime a card goes next to another card, it has to match up with a feature, either color or the flower type. Otherwise, it can't be played. So it's kind of like a Sagrada-esque placement type A little bit, thing. yeah. And then, so that's how the green cards work. And then, and there's a bunch of different features, like there's trees on there, there's ponds, which will give you points. Um, there's a bunch of different things. And the way that, what you're trying to do is try to get the award cards, because those are basically how you score. Uh, so, and there's a full deck of award cards. So it could be like in this row and column, I mean, it depends on where you put the card at because the way that you're placing the, uh, the award cards, they'll end up, you know, crisscrossing on each card if you get them all out. Uh, but it could be like in this particular column, no tree, like all trees are negative points here. And, but the nice thing is that you can cover up those award cards as you go. You get three just randomly at the beginning of the game, but those can be covered up. And then you also have, uh, ones that you can add on onto the side, but it is a, a solid little filler, like a little thinky filler. Uh, it, it gets hard placing the cards or where you're going to place the cards. And yeah, I, I like it a lot. We only played it at two, uh, but a uh, great little drafting thinky filler. It plays up to four. Uh, yes, it plays up to, to four, but it, on BGG, it says best at two. Okay. Which I would agree. Yeah. It's a solid little two-player game. Go back and forth real quick. That sounds fun. So, yeah, sounds definitely. Yeah, Pierre okay. Sylvester, he, I'm always interested when I see his name on a box. I've, I've been, there's a game that I want to buy, and I was trying to look for something more to buy. So now I'm like, oh, well, I hope that this is there. because Oh, I'm there you grab go. It. Yeah. yeah, there you okay. go. Okay. What's the game? That I want to buy? Yeah. I'm going to talk about it here in a few minutes. Oh, okay, so, okay. Yeah. Well, right. Richie, t keep with the theme, though, Richie. Just Tell us keep going. Yeah, right. I want to hear yeah. your other village game. Yeah. Okay, so then uh, Village Rails, also an Osprey game. Okay. Uh, and both of these, production-wise, I, I just love their... They just do a great job with their production. Even these, even though these are small box and they're just cards, uh, and there's a couple other production things in there, but they just do a fantastic job. So with uh, Village Rails... Uh, in this game, you are, it's also basically a card game. I will say, actually, you know, I just praised them on their production. This has the worst scoring, the way, worst way to score, tr uh, keep track of score that I've ever seen in a game. You get those, you know, like, uh, 
like magic how they have the life counters that you can get that are like the cardboard you can dial up and down. Oh, yeah, the dials. The dials. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what you have to do to keep your score. And your score can can get up to the hundreds. So <laughs> you are so you dialing might, like, in at 80 and all of a sudden you got to go down to 40 and so then you got to spin the dial. <laughs> it's it's a pain. Wow. Okay. It's yeah. a pain in the ass. But okay. Um the game is good though. Uh, so in Village Royals, the way that works, this, this is also kind of a, a grid game. You have a three by four grid that's in front of you. You have these border pieces that you'll hand out at the very beginning that have seven, the, the starting points for seven different tracks. And then there are two types of cards, but you have one deck and the, the deck is double sided. Uh, so on one side is just, uh, it will show rails uh, and they're coming in and out of the uh, card it's either two gentle curves or it's two straight crossing uh, tracks on there. And then on the back side are what they call trips, which are basically the scoring cards as well. Uh, like trips as in going somewhere sort of thing. Yes. Okay. Yep. And so on your grid, uh, you'll fill out the, it's, a, uh, there's 12 turns in the game. You're going to end up placing 12 cards total. Uh, but there are on the outside, you can place the trip. So you can have two trips on each line. And then on the inside, you can, you know, you'll fill out the, that three by four grid. Uh, but on your turn, at the very beginning of your turn, or actually you can either do it before or after you lay track. You'll always lay track. That's mandatory. But you can plan a trip. And to plan a trip, you got to spend three bucks. And then uh, it works like uh, like Century Spice Road. So you have a, a line of cards out uh, for the, your track and for the trips. The first one's free. If you want to go past that, you got to put another dollar on it. Uh, and, and so on and so forth. And they'll say things like on this particular uh, line, uh, you'll score six points if you have three matching features, stuff like that. Okay. Uh, or it could be like if it's all st- all straight track, you'll score nine points, stuff like that. Oh. Uh, that's what all the trips are. And like I so said, you can plan those before or after you lay track. And then when you go to lay track, like I said, uh, they're going to be the gentle curves and the straights, but then they also have different scoring features on there. So I think there's five different scoring features. One of them will only score at the very end of the game, but the rest of them uh, will score when you complete a line. The way that you complete a line is when you, uh, so if you're picturing that three by four grid, the ends of the, that grid are the end of the line. So as soon as the card is placed so that that line goes to the border, that particular line is complete. And so then you have to score that that line. So the, the five different features on there, like there's barns that will score for different terrain types because all the track are on different terrains. Uh, there are there's just a, like I said, there's a bunch of different scoring features that you'll score right when the line completes. And then you have these terminus cards in your hand because uh, money is super tight in this game. The terminus cards are a way that will give you will generate money for you uh, by completing the line. So once you complete that line, you'll play the terminus card and you have three in your hand at the beginning of uh, the game and you'll always have three in your hand, but they'll say things on there. Like if you have uh, three barns on this route, you'll get $10, stuff like that. Um, and it, it it's uh, it, you'll always get at least $3 out of every terminus card, but you could get a lot more money out of it as long as you planned your line out correctly. Um, and so you'll play that, that will kill that line. You won't be able to add on to it for the rest of the game. Uh, but hopefully you got a lot of points and some money out of it. And it keeps going like that until you fill in your grid. And like I said, once again, it is uh, solid at two. I haven't played it higher than two, but both of these are great little two-player thinky fillers where you kind of go back and forth quick. And yeah, uh, I like I'm, that. I'm looking at a picture of these uh, scoring things and those look hideous. 
<laughs> the yes, dials. Yeah, the dials, the dials are terrible. Those little dial things. Yes, yeah, especially yeah. when you're dialing in to like a hundred something. It's oh, yeah, yes, no yeah. good. You're gonna get tendonitis doing that. Yeah, um. yeah, and they don't they don't spin that easily. Yeah, I, I bet <laughs> this is where I would have okay victory point tokens or some sort of track a, thing. Yeah, or? some a little board for the board some, that you can put the better. place the cards on something. Yeah, yeah. okay, but it, it is a tiny box, so I, I understand they're probably trying to save money. Okay, so. Um. Yeah, uh, it's got so, it for twenty one bucks. It's it's worth yeah. twenty one bucks. All right, definitely worth twenty one bucks. Okay. All right. All right. Awesome. Those are the village games. Okay. Well, you just probably purchased yeah, another it. game. What 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 is your game now that you are gonna buy and get village with it? Village Green. Uh, got to wait a little bit longer. I'm gonna talk about another game before I get into talking about that. Game. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. Boy, I'm okay. I'm on the edge of my seat. I I'm, I'm trying to tease you a little bit here. Uh, you yeah. Know, it's um, it's uh we we got to be back from commercial break here okay. before uh, I let you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like when I used to live in uh, New York and the news would be like something in your basement could be killing you. More at eleven. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> I don't even have a basement. What, what and I'm if I'm not out. there at 11? Am I going to be dead? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. What you been playing then? Uh, all right. Uh, well, the first game I really want to talk about is a game that I've been excited about playing for quite a while. And it's a very, you know, it's a kind of a game in my line right now. It's a GMT game and it's called Here I Stand. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and I picked up a copy of this um, at the uh, that Kansas City Con I went to a few months ago. And, um, I'm going to be honest with you. I was like, wow. When I kind of looked at the rule book and kind of looked at it and I thought, wow, I, I, this is a lot, right? So what do you do when you don't want to actually learn a game and you want somebody else to learn it for you? You say, Hey, Joe, (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) what are you doing with that rule book in your hand? Give him the game. And I literally gave it to him like unpunched. Like he did everything. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I mean, I cannot begin to say how much I appreciate it. Absolutely. I I mean, that's like a river. Isn't that isn't that one of the one of the tiers in the Patreon? <laughs> oh yeah, you're yeah. supposed to be teaching. Yeah, games. you're supposed to be teaching other people games. Uh, I, we should put that in as a tier for yeah. Joe Farrell. Yeah, yeah, learn your right. game and teach it to you. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. But I mean, I'm serious. I mean, I can't. He did amazing. I mean, he set it all up, and he played like a, quite a few like you know hands where he got to kind of play it, so he had a good feel to it. So anyway, so uh, he invited myself and uh, Jake. Uh, over to play it. Now you can play this game basically either they, they recommend you either play it three player where everybody has two factions or you play it six players where everybody has one faction. And so we did, of course, just a three, you know, a three player just to start with. Um, this is a, it's, it's definitely a card driven game where you're playing different cards to, you know, take actions out on the board and you, everybody has like some specific um, powers that they would have. Like, I believe, you know, like I was in, I'm telling you guys right now, hold on. First impression, very little knowledge. We played two rounds out of nine. And so I, I'm very much, you know, don't ask me any questions, Chad. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask about the pregnancy chart so, at some okay, point. Okay. We'll, we'll okay, okay I can talk okay, about you can the pregnancy chart. Okay. But I also want to, this is about one of the interesting things. This is about the, the reformation, right? The religious mm-hmm. reformation. That's the yes, subject. It right? is definitely the subject is the religious yeah. reformation. So, uh, so like, uh, there's the reformist, uh, you know, the, the Luther Martin Luther character, yep. there's the, uh, papacy, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know, the Roman Catholic church. And then there's the Ottomans, um, who are just out to just try to kill people, you know, type of thing. And then <laughs> you have the, uh, 
Uh, yeah, yeah, then you had some other factions, okay? It's <laughs> not a broad here brush for or anything. Exact details of this game. I'm That's not going to awesome. give them to you. I'm just going to tell you that we played for. I mean, we probably played for four hours or whatever. Like I said, we got through two rounds, and it was just amazing. It is my style of game. It was very fun and just enjoyable of trying to, you know, you're trying to attack and take over these different places. And it was just really cool. Uh, I didn't have one of these, but like Jake, one of Jake's powers was literally to burn books. So he could like burn the books that they're trying to the, you know, the kind of the uh, translated Bible that they're trying to do and hand out in German and different things. And he, one of his is just burn books so that he can try to stop that. Jake was burning um, Bibles. Uh, Jake was burning. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yes. Um, and then one of, so then uh, Joe was also the church or was England, right? And so he was Henry the eighth. Mm -hmm. And of course, Henry the eighth, as we all know, went through, you know, a few wives, mm -hmm. uh, you know, six to be, you know, if you want to be precise. Sure. And, um, he basically there's a if he gets the pope to give him a divorce, yep. he can then remarry and then he rolls on this birthing chart. Okay? Rolls dice. Okay. Yes. He doesn't then, just like physically roll on it. I don't know. I don't want to see Joe physically rolling. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. But um and then other you know, and stuff happens. Don't yeah. don't ask me what exactly happens on the birthing chart, but okay. that was part of it. It was just Absolutely fantastic. I think you guys would both absolutely love it. I think you guys would enjoy it a lot. So is it uh, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand the mechanisms at work here. Obviously there's some dice rolling and stuff, but uh, is a there a lot of dice rolling? Is there yep. card play to do these actions? Like right. what, what, what? Yep. Okay. You have card play. Yep. You, you'll have a hand of cards that you're using and then you're, um, uh, they have either uh, very similar twilight struggle type of, you know, well, I don't want to say Twilight Struggle because, but it's you can either use it as an event or you can use it as uh, another number of ops points, and so then ops points will give you different things that you can do. Yes, good question. Um, but in this one, it's not like an event will like trigger for somebody else or something like that. It just you either use it as the event or that, and everybody always has one like their own main card that they can use that like has a like a really high ops value or a pretty darn good event, mm -hmm. and. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the main mechanisms is you're just using those cards to do stuff. So I know I had mm -hmm. seen the posts on our Slack channel and uh, Joe was saying that he was trying to like basically get one of you two pregnant. You or Jake basically with the birthing <laughs> chart. I'm assuming that's how that's linked, right? Yes. That's well, so like, since you were all playing two factions, could Joe have gotten himself pregnant? Um, I suppose if he was playing both the, <laughs> Uh, reformists and the Catholic Church, yes, but uh, I don't think that would work very well. The hermaphrodite. I'm going to make this Bible. I'm going to burn it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just take the hermaphrodite action. That's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you it got sounds through, really interesting. You got two through rounds. two rounds. Two rounds out of nine. And is it always nine rounds? No, you can play shorter scenarios. But okay. we we started off with the the main scenario because we just obviously knew we knew we weren't going to finish. I mean, there was yeah, yeah, yeah. no way. Uh, we just wanted to, you know, dip our toes in and get rolling. So, yes, there are shorter scenarios. I think the shortest scenario said probably, you know, three to four hours. You know, this is. That's not terrible. This is a long. And I mean, that's probably yeah. once you know what you're once doing. Once you actually know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, this is definitely going to be a full long, day event. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's a long. It'd be one that I would like to start like at, you know, nine in the morning or something. And then you could play it all day. Right. Thing, but, okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm excited to get it back to the table and, and play it again. So that's. Uh, so here I stand uh, from uh, GMT Games. Cool. All right.
Do we get to hear the village so, game now? Was it a village game? No, no it was what a, he was going to stick Village Green with in the car. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I'm going to give you another right. game first. Okay, so I'm going <laughs> to tease you a little bit more. So now I'm going to talk, but I'm going to talk about the event, which I'm very excited to talk about. I did get to go to a local con here, which was um, kind of a our local con in Lincoln that kind of uh, breached its toes here into Omaha, which is the Great Plains Game Festival, um, in, run by two of our very good friends, uh, Cameron and Michelle. Um, they basically kind of brought that Great Plains Game Festival here to Omaha. They happened to get a really cool place. Um, I'm not... You know, this might shock you guys. I'm not very familiar with farm equipment or farm sales or pretty much anything or, but farms the make outdoors, food really. for me to eat. <laughs> yes. All right. But this was at a place called Kloss. Um, and it's a, you know, a farming manufacturer of you know tractors. And uh, I actually went and looked at some of the stuff that they had there. And I mean, some of the stuff is crazy, like GPSs that you can just make your tractor go do what you want and like i don't know it was really cool stuff but we're not here to talk about that anyways but it was this huge <laughs> imagine like a car room sales room like a car dealership yeah a showroom know? floor yeah but imagine that like you know just with tractors 10 times bigger because you know obviously they're putting tractors in there and but the whole thing was lined with windows and it was so it was, oh during the day it was so bright and sunny it was just beautiful in there um so it was actually a really cool place to play uh, you know, it's had some tables and good chairs. It, it was nice. Um, they brought a limited library uh, to the event. It wasn't like a their normal huge library like they have in Lincoln, but it was, uh, you know, so a limited library. I know one of the themes was supposedly come and play farming games. I did see one table where a guy had, he had Agricola. He had then a whole bunch of other different farming type of things or whatever, <laughs> but pretty much everybody else was like, no, we're just going to play what games we want to play. Nobody actually playing farming games. I appreciate right? uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> un unnamed dude. I appreciate your theming. <laughs> yes. He did a good job. Um, real quick though, before I talk about the game, I was going to say was I did get a play in of a game that I would love to pick up, but I am not going to pay $200 for this game. And that is dogs of war. It's two hundred dollars now. Uh, it was two hundred, three hundred. I oh, mean, wow. the, the cost of them on there was outrageous. Uh, Jake got his. For I'll a, sell you my copy for one fifty. So, what? Um, <laughs> I'm going to say no. Okay, <laughs> like I knew you would say yeah. yes, <laughs> but um, but so I got to get a play in a Dogs of War, which I was kind of excited about. This is. I think it was 2016, and it was a, it's a Simon game. It's Paolo Mori. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's Paolo Mori. Um, so first thing I'm going to say is way overproduced way oh, way way, much, way overproduced. Yeah, sure these minis that they have you put out on these cards are stupid okay missy my wife was playing and she played some uh, the pink faction and this person's got a hat huge hat yeah. and you can't even like if she has like more than two of them on a card you can't even get your figures on the card i'm like who play tested this and said it's good? <laughs> I don't know if I've had that issue, but oh <laughs> uh, well, well, we did. All right. All right. I did. I, so, I I think I play tested that game. I, I think because my feedback was this game is good. It just needs more floppy hats. <laughs> a bigger, bigger, bigger mini, no, her, bigger hats. Her hat is not floppy. It is. No, it's not floppy. It is, like you could hurt somebody with that oh, mini. I mean, really? it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, and not to say the other minis aren't overdone either except for i played a race that basically was kind of a skinny race that so it wasn't very it was like a real 
You have the I had the like ones the plague like, doctor guy. Yeah. With the yeah. nose. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Were you self conscious yeah. about your lack of hat? So, <laughs> was, I was, I was, I was uh, but anyways, uh, Jake taught this game. And so it was me, Jake, Joe, and my wife. And we, uh, we played this and other than the, and, and not only that, but Jake, do you just have the cards for yours when you play the, uh, the soldiers with it? Yes. Jake has minis for these soldiers. So not only do you have these huge player minis, these captains that you use, but then you also have these other minis and you have like a soldier, you have like an aqua blaster. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I can't remember what it was called. I kept calling it an aqua blaster. <laughs> and then a war machine. And then like, yeah. And then there's a war machine yeah. and a knight, you know, and these things are huge too. And so like the board is just full. The, like the board just has these little cards on it and you're like, trying to compete with these two different houses. And then if the house wins, you get stuff and everything like that. And, um, the game was fun. I liked it. I really did like it, but I only like maybe like $40 liked it. Like if I could find a copy for $40, mm-hmm. I'd buy it. But you know, I mean, well, and they could easily so, reproduce it for that amount. Like easily. It's, cause you just took, it's just a tug of war back and forth. Yes. So yeah, they could easily do that. And I, Cubes I know would be just fine. <laughs> I, I don't think I would ever want to play with the minis for the, the cards because right. the cards, there's a nice little spot for them on the board. Yeah. You just place them down. It's yeah. nice. But I know Jake did his copy just didn't come with that. But, he just didn't come with the yeah. cards. Somebody said, was it you that you were going to check to see if you had an extra set of cards? Somebody said they were going to check. To yeah, because I extras. did. Because eventually, Simon uh, did like a little time capsule Kickstarter where they released a bunch of Kickstarter exclusives. So I bought the gold foil cards. So I was going to see if I still had the other ones or if I tossed them. But yeah, I was going to gotcha. check that for him. So yeah, you, is it in any certain universe like, you know, uh, Warhammer or whatever? It's in their that they they have like a lot of lore in the rule book for whatever universe they created for this. But like the, the rules are fairly simple. Like the rule book is only like two pages long. And then yeah. there's like 15 pages of story behind all of the captains in the game and the different houses but not related to any other game this universe not that i'm aware of okay. no i think it's specific to this game okay yeah. i i mean and as, as richie said i mean it's really just a tug of war you're just putting your captains out with soldiers and then uh for whichever house that you back and then it's fighting against another house and then uh you're trying to earn shields and then you're trying to earn points and stuff like that um there jake kind of introduced it as a negotiation game and i would say it does have negotiation that you could have in it, but I would say more if it's it's just kind of a trying to play your your stuff at the right time to kind of make your faction win with a little bit of negotiation that can come in with it. But I wouldn't necessarily say it's like a negotiation game. Would you say, is it like worker placement? Is it action selection where everybody can take a spot? Is it, uh, more, how do you do your I actions? guess you would say worker placement because yeah. on your turn, you place a captain in one of the eight spots on a card and the only thing you can't like, you can't fight for one house and then fight against yourself on the other house. Um, unless well, you, you get a special card. card. Yep, yeah, there's a special, special card for that. There's some fun little cards that you can play that then obviously break some rules and stuff like that. But you're just looking. And then when you play a captain, you have to play a soldier with it. One of the four soldiers and they each have a different uh, power that they come with. And you're just trying to move like it starts at zero and you're trying to move yours up, you know, to the winning side. And obviously, if anybody's playing on the other side, they're trying to bring it back to their side. And then if you win, you score points for like each captain that's on the other side. Um, and then it also will move up. Uh, there's like a track that has your shields on it. And the higher the shield goes, then every shield is worth more points at the end of the game. 
Um, that's how I scored a majority of my points is I got a ton of shields. And it happened to be that Joe was playing a race that like whenever he won a thing, he could take one of the opposing soldiers that he would get instead of having to pay for it. So like if he could take war machines, if that was the piece that was over there. And it seemed like Joe and I were always kind of on the same side. Like one time he had five of his captains on one card and I had one of my captains on there and that made it win. And I still got like the six points from winning that mm. battle against that other. And all I had was one person on there. Yeah. So sometimes you can kind of tag along almost with somebody and, and kind of have them do all the hard work. And then you still kind of reap the benefit. So very interesting game. Like I said, I, I a hundred percent think this is a game we should have Richie bring over and we should have, we should play this as a four player game. Cause it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I would yeah. love to, I've, so. I'm still and this good is, at five too. Is, okay. I didn't yeah, know. It goes up to I five. Know. Does it go up to five? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, this is one of uh, Ben from uh, uh, five games for doomsday. This is one of his favorites. So uh, Ben's a pretty smart guy. Yeah. So yeah, he is. Yeah, some things maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you, Ben. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Tell us what, what game this is. No, actually, Chad, what have you been playing? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So once and I, I kind of jumped into this and I was kind of talking about the weekend here. So they put on this great gaming fest, you know, so we were playing. So I got to play a lot of great games. I got to play um, uh, London, uh, the key to the city of London, uh, the key flower, oh, the key flower game. Yeah. 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 Have you guys played this real quick? Uh, no, not no. that one. Not that Any version. good? I may get in trouble for this. Okay? Oh, you oh, better not say it's better than Keyflower. You, I might get in trouble for this. I don't know if I'll ever play Keyflower. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> get out of here with that. Come on now. I'm not kidding. Oh, wow. All right. That's just because he owns kidding. it. He's going to change his mind in two weeks. I own Keyflower. <laughs> I don't. The one thing about. I mean, this is going to be like a. You still, haven't played, you still haven't played the <laughs> Merchant. No, I have not. I've never okay. played any of the expansions of Keyflower, okay? Well, the farmer's but, one can take a walk, but the merchant one is good. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. Merchant one's Here great. Here is, for me, for Keyflower, okay? You guys don't mind if this is like a four-hour episode, No, right? we don't okay. care. All right. All right. people over. It's like, no. It'll tie uh, people over. There okay. you go. What is the, for me, at least for you, what do you feel like is the one thing about Keyflower that you wish sometimes you didn't have to deal with as much? Is that a bad way to put it? I don't looking know. at so, the other players. Yeah, looking around village. the table okay. to see everybody else's a little bit. stuff. Okay. So yeah. I, I don't like it in a okay. large player game. I get that. Okay. For me, at least, the thing that I dislike the most about Keyflower is dealing with matching up the roads so that I can get to somewhere to do an upgrade. And then I've always got to go to that same upgrade spot to be able to then try to get in there to upgrade a tile. I don't. Do you guys? Does that bother you when you play Keyflower? No, I actually no, like really. that it's like I love yeah. that you have worker placement. You have root building. You have it. Just feels like a very unique blend so of mechanisms. I, that part to me. to me just always is I, the clunkiest part of the game. Oh, I don't think it's clunky. I, I mean, I think it's it could go like it doesn't necessarily need to be there. Like sometimes it feels tacked on. Like okay. that you have to match up the roads. But. Okay. Well, and then I, I don't know. There's just Keyflower has always felt. I, I love it. But I always have just felt like it's a little clunky where key to the city of London, like to me, stripped out all the clunkiness and got just down to the brass tacks of what I like about the game, you know, which is obviously the auctions and then, you know, obviously upgrading different tiles and stuff and, and making them better in key to the city of London. You no longer have that. I've got to, you know, 
go to a certain tile to then upgrade stuff. You just simply go straight to a tile and then you have an action that you can upgrade it. Okay. And I tell you, I like this for a couple of reasons. Okay. And the number one reason is, is if you think about this, when you upgrade a key flower tile, you open it up for then anybody to come before you and put just one meeple on there and be able to activate it. Right. And they get the choice of what meeple they want there. Right. Where in this one, if I go to upgrade a tile and let's say I go put a red meeple on there now and I flip it over. And so now it's upgraded. Well, now if anybody else wants to come over and use my tile, they've got to put two meeples on there and they have to pay the currency that I want them to pay. And I thought that was much better than the original on the, how that goes. Okay? That sounds interesting. And now there's still these things where these, these connecting, uh, like there's these six connectors that you just lay on tiles and then different tiles will do different things with those to score you points and stuff like that. But I just really felt like it was just more streamlined. There are no more green meeples, which I kind of miss that. Cause I mean, sometimes that's kind of good. You know, you get the first green meeple and nobody else has one. You can kind of lock something out, yeah, you know, I like that, which I do. I did miss that. That might be the one thing that I kind of missed, but otherwise I just thought it was just more streamlined and just like I said, down to that, that, that brass tax of what I'm looking for. I'll be interested to see. And I, I, I wish I would have just had a, you guys play it before I've made this big, you know, announcement that I, it, it was a key flower killer <laughs> for me because in your mind's a little different, but I'm telling you, I, I really liked it. I really liked it. So I'm you, up for trying it. So you're going to buy, you're going to buy key flower or the key to the city of London is what you're saying. I already, so you already it. bought it. He I, bought it at, I bought Great it for Plains. like five or yeah. 10 bucks or something. Like, you can get it for like $15. Yeah. So this isn't the game that you were going to get put village, whatever. No, in your no, 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 no. You distracted me. So then I, I <laughs> so still got more to come. You're about to talk about four games. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm making up for all those times. Chad added one. <laughs> Blame Chad. All right. I'm moving on. So great event, played a lot of great games. So towards the end of Saturday night though, whew, I was getting a little, you know, I'd played, like I said, I played uh, Key of the City of London. We played uh, La Plateau. Uh, Joe brought his copy. Nice, nice, that. nice. Um, got to play um, John Company. We played Dogs of War. We played a game of the Estates. But for, um, for just real quick, for those that haven't heard, La Plateau is a trick-taking game with area control in it. Just right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Sorry, we just, talked about it. Yeah, we, we yeah. did, but yeah, I just yeah. want to make sure if somebody's tuning in for the first time. Um, and just still a blast. I, I really enjoy it. Mm. Um, and so played a lot of heavy games. So I'm talking by about Saturday afternoon. I was like, whoo, okay, I need a little bit of a break, right? So Missy had at one point had uh, went over and, oh, sorry, and I played two games of Pax Wren with uh, Joe Farrell to start the day yeah. off with. You know? <laughs> nice. Yeah, so I mean, I was like, all right, I've, I've had some, you know, so okay, I, mean, I need a little party game in me, right? So Missy's like, hey, I just got taught this great party game earlier this morning, and I want to come over and I want to teach it to you. And I was like, okay, all right. So we gathered everybody up and we, so she said, well, it's going to be better at six players. So I went and found... Um, if you remember Brandy from uh, PPCon. Yeah, uh, sure. Okay, yeah. For, with mm -hmm. Cameron. Uh, so I grabbed her and then I found another person, uh, Sarah, who came over. And so we had uh, six of us to start with. So I had me and it was Jake, my wife, Joe Farrell, and then uh, Brandy and Sarah. Oh, no. And so Missy starts explaining this game. And Joe kind of looks at her and goes, I don't understand. So then Jake goes, okay, Joe. And then Joe goes, 
care if I uh, bow out. Yeah. <laughs> it's a party game. Joe does not like and party I said, games. You know, and I yeah, said yeah. that to Missy. I said, yeah, yeah. I don't no, think Joe would. His, so Joe's like, yeah, I'm a, you know, they think he went and played a giant carcassonne or something. So he yeah, yeah, he did. So anyway, mm-hmm. so then uh, we, we grabbed somebody else random or whatever, right? So so anyways, so we were we, we playing. And are you now are you ready for the game? I've, I've teased it so much. Nobody's, it is nobody's listening. Phantom yeah. Inc. <laughs> you know why I know this? You what? know what? Let me tell you why I know why this. Why do you know this? Because you like Joe, I, 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 no, I would tell everybody you should check it out because I, I love Joe and I think he's a really great writer. He has a BGG blog called The Ogre's Cave. So if you're on Board Game Geek, you can look up Joe Farrell, The Ogre's Cave, and you should check it out because it's a it's a good read. So anyway, he had told that story about how he's like, oh, I don't want to play a party game. I, so, but I want to hear about this game though because I've heard a lot of good stuff about okay. Phantom. So yes. Um, now you both have obviously played crosstalk. So for anybody mm-hmm. who has not played crosstalk, not a big deal. I'm just, but a reference that it has some similarities, but how the game is played is you divide into two teams and you, the, you'll have two clue givers and then the other people on the other teams are, are the guessers. Okay. So as a clue giver, you guys will look and, and find a word, you know, like say luggage. Okay. And then, once you guys have, once the clue givers have determined what word they're going for, the teams will get seven. There's like, I don't know, 80 cards or whatever, right? And you draw seven of them and each of them will have a question on the card. Like for instance, you know, uh, what, uh, what si- what shape is it, you know, similar to, uh, what would happen if it fell off of a mountain? You know, what, uh, what noise would it make? Or, you know, uh, something, something on those lines, just a, a type of question and you have to choose two of the questions. And at this moment, you have no idea, right? You choose two of the questions and you're going to put them towards your clue giver. They will look at those two cards and then they will choose one of the questions. They'll discard the other one and then they will give you the question they're going to answer so you know which one they're answering. And they will then start to write an answer on a on a board. And instead, of, but it's not like a just you, you wouldn't just write out Samsonite, you know? You would slowly start to write out S, A, and then any point that the team was like basically goes, you know, okay, I know what the word is that you are spelling. They will say silencio. Okay. If you don't say, if you say stop, that doesn't count. Okay. You got to (laughs) say silencio. All right. Um, But basically you tell them to stop and then they stop. Okay. Now you may think you know what they're saying, but then they might be something different, but most of the time you kind of had an idea of what, what they were saying. So as they, so once they stopped, okay, then it would go to the other team. Now the other team, they could do the same thing kind of in Silencio. So I just wanted to see how that worked. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Can I please talk again? No. <laughs> um, so then the other team would then, you know, pass two cards to the, to their clue giver. And then he would read the question and then he'd answer. And then he would start to write or they would start to write. And then it would come back and then you on your turn, you could, instead of passing cards, you could say, okay, I'm going to make a guess, you know, or I'm going to, I'm going to write the answer. Okay. So you have to actually though, write your answer on one of the lines as opposed to them, you know, giving you a clue. So you kind of actually lose a guess, you know, or potential clues or whatever, if you write on there. But as you start to write, like, so for instance, if I was like, say the answer was luggage and I started to write a T as my first letter, they would right away go, stop. 
don't write anything more, you're wrong. That's you can't because obviously luggage doesn't yeah. start with T. Okay. Now, if you did, if you started to write L and then your next word letter was something wrong, once again, they would just stop you. They're supposed to like knock if the letter was is right or whatever, and they just kind of go through it. So, um, and then there's also just one other thing with the game is there's certain lines that will have like a little eyeball on them. And anytime that that's, you're ready to either have a clue given or write a guess. If you have a little eyeball, you can say, I would like one more letter on, and you can pick any of the previous clues to write a letter on, on theirs, including your own. If you're for some reason you feel like you need another one or most of the time, obviously you use it on one of the other people's uh, words on the other team. And so, um, and then, like I said, once you, you know, whoever guesses it, if you get all, I think there was like eight spots on each side. If you go all the way down and nobody gets it, then everybody loses. Absolutely. I mean, it, I think crosstalk for me became kind of, okay, I've done it. You know, so we played it so much, you know, but I, obviously I enjoyed it. This was like a rejuvenation of crosstalk. Hmm. So I really liked it. I thought it was a really fun way because I mean, it's like sometimes you are looking at, you know, you're looking at these two questions, you're the clue giver and you're like, my God, neither one of these are helpful at all. Like, I mean, any answer I give here is just not going to be very good. And that's really tough. And, you know, so it, it, it does, it makes it really hard for both ways. Now, as we're playing, uh, our, my good friend, Cameron, you know, he comes and he's watching a little bit and then, so he jumps in, he wants to play. Right. So we're playing and, uh, at some point Cameron and I were, were clue givers together. Right. And we had the word elevator and I put something, you know, I had something and then he at one point started to write the word Otis. And I, if you guys are familiar with, you know, Otis, you know, is the, uh, whatever his last name is, uh, Splunk, Splunk, help me out. Splunkenmeyer. I think Otis Splunkmeyer. Yeah. <laughs> the cookies. The cookies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyways. I thought you were going to say Otis Redding for a second, right. but then. Uh, oh, Orville Redenbacher. That's a popcorn guy. That's right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what happened? The hell just happened? <laughs> Anyways, we, Otis is the guy who, you know, is, you know, with elevator, right? Well, as his, okay. as his, right. way, but I said, I said, I don't know if that's like common knowledge with most people. Right. Right. Okay. Are we talking about he is Otis Spunkmeyer? No, no, he, no, but he uh, wanted, what is, what is his yes. last name? It is Otis Spunkmeyer. That's yeah. the cookies. The cookie guy. Yeah. But, but you're not talking elevator. No, no. But oh, okay. That's just you're, Otis okay. is a brand of elevator. I'm back. Yes. I'm back. Yeah. No, yeah. You, you, I you were talking understand. about Otis, the elevator guy. He's talking about Otis Spunkmeyer, the cookie guy. Oh yeah. Oh, the cookie dough guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the yeah. elevator guy. Uh, Anyways, we lost said, him for like two minutes. He's like, oh, he uses off in his own world. And then popcorn, popcorn came up. <laughs> I get distracted easily guys. <laughs> um, but I told Cameron, I said, I don't know if that's quite as, you know, well-known as he, but as he starts to write it, you know, he writes the O real slow and then the T and he's like, oh, they're going to have this. And they just kept letting him go. And finally he gets to the end and he, he writes his S and he's like looking at his team like, uh, you know, there's no more letters, guys. <laughs> 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 and then my team, uh, Brandy knew that's what that was. So then we were able to get elevators. So we, we won that one. And then there was a next one where Cameron gave like a good clue that his team just didn't get. And my team, once again, they got it. And uh, so he's like, yeah, I guess I'll just give you guys all the clues, you know, and then you guys. So then the the last one that I'll talk about. So Cameron, I was, I was not the clue giver. I was one of the guessers, but Cameron was still doing a clue giving. So he was doing it with this other guy whose name was Jacob and they were 
playing and they were doing it. And Cameron starts to write his word first, right? So he only, the only clue, and he writes P-U-F-F. And they say stop, okay? They say silencio. So puff, right? So then it comes, so then it's our turn. Like I said, we can then, and usually after the first one, you don't ever guess. You just, you know, hand them two cards and you try to get some more. And I said to my team, you know, and I had Brandy and Jeff on my team. And I go, I go, guys, there's only one thing. It's got to be Puff the Magic Dragon. It's got to be, right? And they're like, no, it could be this or that. You know, could be like, puffing. I mean, it could be a like, yeah. I puff the magic dragon is what so, puffed the yeah. magic. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. But it so could I'm, be the bird. So I'm like, oh, guys, I think we just got to guess. I think we got to do it. I think we got to, you know, go for it. And they're like, okay. And Brandy was basically like, okay, Clef, I'll give you this one time of you guessing crazy on the first turn and we'll see. And I'm like, okay. And of course, as I go, I'm going to guess. Cameron goes, you don't know, you know, his, you know, little smugness. Yeah. Like, there's no way you know this. <laughs> And of course, so then I start and I write the first letter D. And like I said, when you're right, you know, you get the little knock or whatever. And right there, I was like, and you could just see Cameron going, are you kidding me? Of course, I write out dragon and it was, it was dragon. And he, yeah. And so, and of course the whole table erupted and it was just, it was, so it was a great fun party game. Uh, I, I honestly, like I said, and that's the one that I'm like, I'm going to grab it. It's only like 22 bucks, but yeah. like I said, I couldn't find anything Very else cool. to go with it. So that's, uh, there was, you go. Yeah, I like fun. how it sounds like, uh, everybody's involved pretty much all the time around the table kind of. Yes, absolutely. So it was, yeah, it was everybody who played it and we, we kind of rotated some people in and out, you know, as they came over, it cool. was, uh, the people who had it actually were Nate and Melissa Fort. Uh, oh yeah. To Missy earlier. So we borrowed it from them. And so we played that. And then, like I said, we finished the night off. We played some pinpoint, uh, with everybody. Uh, Nate, Melissa also introduced us to some Cthulhu game where we were like trying to investigate and you had like these, these twigs or whatever. I kept calling them dingleberries. (laughs) Was it don't mess with Cthulhu? Was it the Uh, deduction game or it was like a, like you were supposed to like, like it was Were almost like a no, no dice, it was okay. almost like an Avalon type of thing where you're like, you know, no, I'm not a, I'm not a, don't I'm mess with invest- Cthulhu, I bet. Investigator, like. or you're one of the bad team, or whatever. Yeah, it sounds like don't mess okay. with Cthulhu. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, it was, it was cute, it was fun. So, right, uh, right. you know, so we played that, and then we finished the night off with, uh, uh, Missy really likes the game Awkward Guests. I don't know. If yeah, you know oh, yeah, that's that Clue that. game. Okay, it's like, yeah, clue. like Clue on I'm Crack. I'm really bad at that game. Um, oh, not as bad as me. <laughs> um, let's just say, I mean, it's somewhere in about middle of round one, I was like, I'm just going to pretend to play because I have no <laughs> idea. Um, and um, our good friend Jacob Breathauer, he came over and played that with us. And boy, you could, he was really good. Yeah, like, he uh, is. Uh, him <laughs> and my wife, Missy, they're both, I mean, they were like, both of them round one were like almost guessing, you know, and they were really right. close <laughs> and Missy just missed it by one thing. And then Jacob won it and he had the thing. So, um, but, but I was clueless. I was yeah. like, I don't, I just, half of it, I just didn't understand. Now, part of it might've been, I just played, you know, 14 hours of games before we, you know, started to learn it. No, I don't think so. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I will say Jacob's a really smart, smart guy. And I'm glad you got to play more games with him because I got to play some at PPCon and haven't since. And uh, he's fun to play games with. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I actually got to teach him and his wife, uh, Gallerist at PPCon. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. But uh, I just, so... Great event. Uh, well done by both Cameron and Michelle. I mean, I know she puts a lot of heart and soul into it and she did. She, 
she had like 15 extra large Age of Steam maps there. Oh, wow. Very cool. One. Yeah, Joe did play one Age of Steam game while he was there, the extra large. But they were beautiful. She did a great job with those. Like I said, she made giant Carcassonne uh, with like huge tiles. Yeah. I mean, you're like playing on the floor. Mm-hmm. And then they also had, uh, oh, what's that two-player chess-like game? Uh, o- Omatami? On Onitama. Yeah. yeah. They have like large of the big one, things yeah. of that, you know, so I, mean, I think somebody gave, you know, I didn't say she made these things, but you know, right. the different mm-hmm. people loaned it to her. And I think she said there's some more stuff that she has coming for the actual Great Plains. So, but she did cool. a tremendous job. Um, there was, you know, like a little snack bar there. It was, it was nice. And uh, yeah. So anybody next year, if you're interested, definitely worth it. And obviously a little free plug here for their, their events coming up in March for the Lincoln one is is, okay. is coming up in March okay. and we will we will be there so all right we with our we, press passes on we will be there with all our, right with our press passes <laughs> on okay and uh, we'll we'll be there to look play some games and uh, hang out and do some fun stuff and as we always usually do we'll do some uh, we'll do a little live recording there and uh, cool. get to talk to Cameron and Michelle and all that fun stuff. Um, all right, I'm done with the cleft portion was of this a, yeah, podcast. You just talked about 10 games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's exhausting. Chad, what have you been playing? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, okay, so Clef probably wants to go to sleep for a second here, so we'll let him because I played uh, I played a game with my family that was strictly for my family. Um, Marvel what? No, nope. <laughs> Although I do have some of those. But no, this was for... Um, this was for my wife and son in particular because it was called Dog Park. And that's a new Kickstarter that just funded. It's a pretty light game. You are basically dog walkers and you are walking dogs through the park and then uh, trying to have a great collection of dogs in this your kennel. Is it a Kickstarter? Yeah. I, th- I think I'm thinking of a different game. It has been is a Kickstarter. Is there another dog <laughs> I mean, game from AEG? No, it's not AEG. It's not AEG. What's that dog game? What dog game? <laughs> They have a cat version and a uh, dog lover. Oh, yeah, dog lover. Yeah, we played that oh, and have lover. that, too, yeah, and I've talk, talked about Not dog that. park. Okay. No, it's not dog All park. Right, continue. Okay. <laughs> uh, I will. Uh, uh, yes. So, anyway, uh, we played dog park, and uh, it is, it is, uh, it's from Birdwood Games. So, yeah, it's a Kickstarter. It's from Birdwood Games. Lottie and Jack Hazel are the uh, game designers. But anyway, what you're doing is, I think it plays four rounds. There are breeds, right? And they're out on the board of importance. You're going to score points for having the most of a breed, basically, at the end in your kennel. You're also going to score points um, by getting uh, certain cards. You have, like, objective cards that other people can't see necessarily, and you'll have an opportunity to try to score those. Then the one thing that's kind of interesting is you bid with points on dogs. So you have these little dials and you're going to turn your dial to how many points you want to bid on a breed out there. And then you'll set your dog walker there. And if somebody else sets one behind it, you better hope that you bid more points than they did to get that dog. You're going to do that twice in a round. But I thought that that was kind of an interesting wrinkle that's a little bit different than some of the other ones. Um, Otherwise, you always, uh, if you didn't get it, you're going to bid one to take any other dog after that, you know, like if it's contested and you didn't get the, the dog you wanted. So anyway, uh, you do that and then you walk through the park and that's sort of a Glenn Moore style walk through the park where you can go leisurely and get all these different things. Because when you walk a dog, because that's a second stage, you have to pay the resources like a rubber ball or a stick or something like that to be able to walk the dog. I don't know how that works Hmm. thematically, but you have to pay those resources and then you get to walk the dog. 
Um, and then you walk through the park and you're going to be picking up resources or points or different things. The first person to leave the park gets points or a special action. And the last person gets minus a point. So you, you kind of balance out like, you know, taking more stuff, obviously. Is it like clinic? Is there any dog poop involved? There is no dog poop involved, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, and that's why I did Not very thematic. No, I did nothing but... I mean, I mean piles it is. Of dog at least poop Dungeon better. Pets has poop. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what... I, my, my, I just got a glare because I said, like, this really... Do, I'm not in the theme because I haven't stepped in poop once. The... <laughs> The uh, the fur is not like everywhere that I turn. So and and Stephanie no just kind of glared at me. Yeah, no dog fights. <laughs> uh, but I, that that was so. This is kind of like um, this is kind of like wingspan for dogs too. Because at the end, you're you're going to score for different things, your objectives, also the breed stuff that I talked about. But like at the at the bottom of the card, they tell a little something about each breed and all that kind of stuff. But honestly, though, I I thought I was hoping it was more like wingspan because I was like. Okay, my Doberman could probably eat your Shih Tzu, but you know, <laughs> nobody—they didn't allow for that. You know, like I was, I was trying to do that, but so no wingspan stuff there. But it, you know, it's it's a beautiful production. You've got like a nice game trays in the shape of a plastic bone, and you've got little squeaky toys and all that stuff. All right. It's it, and so. I would say super light, Clef, you would not like to play it at all. But if you have somebody in your life who likes dogs, even the Kickstarter version is actually pretty affordable from what I've seen. So okay. um, so for us, everybody really liked that game. Now, I think it's best at like three probably because you want to have that bidding interaction sure. and stuff like okay. that. It does have a, it, I think it even might have a solo version where you can place a blocker or whatever and stuff. But in my opinion, it's, it's perfect at three. Okay. So we play that and, and the family really, really enjoyed it. And Stephanie was like, this is something I'd like to play again and again. So, wow. so it's mm-hmm. nice. Uh, the dog, know, hey. the missing dog poop seems like a very yeah. That's I'm that's hoping a big miss. Uh, crossing Expansions. my crossing my fingers for <laughs> for the expansion with dog poop and Shih Tzu's getting eaten. Uh, real quick, speaking of dogs, yeah, I mean they had a live dog in Annie last night. Oh and, wow! Like came out and you know I mean and I was surprised yeah. because I mean you know obviously it's loud while they're up there singing and yeah and they're uh, the dogs that they do are. Um, I'm about to say refurbished dogs, and that's not what I mean. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, by the way, Clef is, Clef is talking about he went to Annie the yeah, musical you, last night. <laughs> for those I'm trying to worry about yeah, you a little bit, buddy. You're just <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> what do I mean? Like uh, dogs that were set to go to the pound. Rescue and, dogs? Yeah, rescue, rescue type dogs. of dogs. Yeah, yeah don't, don't, <laughs> don't refurbish a dog. <laughs> we put a new coat on this one. <laughs> yeah. Brand new springs. Uh, oh, boy. Maybe we should go down to once every two months. Oh, God. <laughs> so uh, the other game that I got to play with our friend Josh, by the way, was Endless Winter. Speaking of Kickstarters, right? Like this one's fulfilling well, all over like the place. This is like a huge thing. I think I saw it at uh, Great Plains. It yeah. is big. Everybody's on top of this Endless Winter Kickstarter craze. And and this is um, Stan Kordonsky, okay? So he's the guy that oh, did Rurik, yeah. uh, Rurik uh, Dawn of Kiev, and some of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know who that is. Anyway, <laughs> um, so this is one of those that's mentioned in the same breath as um, Dune Imperium and uh, Lost Cities of Arnak because, or Lost Ruins of Arnak, excuse me, because it is one of those deck building worker placement games where you play cards to play out uh, certain things. I would say of all of them, this is the most, it's almost, it almost felt like the most Feldian because there's a lot of different, almost mini games sort of, if that makes sense. Uh, 
because you have you have different tr- different like there's a track to work up uh-huh. there's also a an area majority i'll talk about it in a second but it, it just felt like there were a lot of different strategies sandboxy strategies you could use um you know and uh, and so it was different that way now this was this was purchased by josh yes right? okay yep. I think you played it online. Okay, with him once. Yeah. I think he it was yep. on is on. Yeah, he did say that. Yes, because yeah. I okay. I mixed up this game okay. when he told me about it, and then he said no. You know, I played yep. with Clef online. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. You weren't in that. game? I was not in that game. No. Okay, okay. So it's interesting. Um, I this is old, right? I mean, that was well. It, it's been a couple of years. I feel at like least. that was like I had COVID when I played it or something. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, well, I mean, if you were on Tabletop Simulator, then yeah, that had been during the height of yeah, yeah. COVID. Yeah. So. Okay. so. Okay, sorry. I just I, I'm trying to remember now. Sure. I, okay. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So in this game, you have a, a deck of cards because it's a deck builder, and you have um, some workers as well. You have a chieftain who gives you a special ability, basically. So when you go out and take one of the actions, you can do special abilities, or you have your regular kind of workers. Um, so it's slightly asymmetrical, and basically what you're doing. On every turn, you can place a culture card, which a culture card at the beginning of your turn just kind of gets you an ability. It's not a worker placement thing. It just usually gets you a a sort of ability. Um, And then you can play another card, which is usually one of your kind of worker cards. You have a hunter, and basically your hunter um, has so many worker, I guess I would say worker points almost, and you would go out to the spot and you you have a host of actions that you get to do. If you're first in that spot, you get an extra bonus action, basically, but then you can choose from some other actions, and as long as you have the resources or the worker points to do it, you can do it any number of times. So one of those things is like hunt, and you have cards out and if you have a hunter card, he gives you an extra ability. And, and your chieftain, if you use your chieftain, they give you a certain thing that they're good at as far as an activity. But anyway, it, hunting, you want to collect a certain kind of animal. And the more that you have, it's set collection. The more you have, the more points you're going to get. But you can also sometimes tap that animal and take it out of the game um, to score but you're going to get an ability too. So you're kind of going through the deck and, and that particular action, you can kind of um, take out more or draw off the top of the deck or, you know, those kinds of things. Then you also have um, kind of an elder or a chieftain action where you get to take um, one of the, the elders, the hunters, the builders, you know, these are the guys that make up the majority of your deck to do the certain worker placement actions. They're out there as well. Then you have another action, which is kind of like builders and you're building out on that area majority. So you're trying to put out towns and huts and those will score you at each, at the end of each round, basically. Um, and then also I think there's a, uh, one where you can kind of try to uh, fulfill these scoring cards up at the top as well. There's also another one called like a megalith action where it's basically wooden tiles that you're placing out and, and you're building off of other tiles that have been built and you're trying to cover up things to get the resources, but also to score. Uh, and then there's another one where you can move up tracks, which make you have extra end game points for different things. One thing I really liked about it though, was, uh, that you could bury cards, you would bury people, um, a, a, bur- a burial card, basically. And going up that track made your people that you buried worth more points. It was kind of like a special burial ground, basically. But it was a nice mechanism. It was a smart way to thin your deck. Did you get extra points if you buried them alive? 
<laughs> no, I asked Josh that, and he, yeah, no, it, it, you couldn't do that. Unfortunately, I tried okay. several okay. times. Okay. I even like made little sounds and stuff, but no, it didn't work. Uh, yeah, Josh thoroughly stomped me, and uh, but it was it was interesting. I would say for me personally, right, I would definitely play that game again. But I have uh, Arnak. And I have Dune Imperium, which my family still really likes to play. They would much rather they're they're an Arnak group. They're they're not into Imperium, of course. But I like Dune Imperium for that like fighty sort of like tension where you're you're scrabbling for points at the end. I know that there's luck of the draw and all that, but I like the tension towards the end of kind of messing with each other. And then Arnak is like a family game that to me goes quicker than Endless Winter did. And so that if I'm going to play, uh, if personally I'm going to have a deck builder worker placement game of those three, Endless Winner is going to get excluded. Now, for some people, they have a play group where they want something a little thinkier and they want the the sandboxy nature of it, you know? Uh, and I think that that would be, you know, their choice. But then if I'm going to play like kind of a pure interactive deck builder, I want to play Imperium, not Dune Imperium, but the the really thinky Dune Imperium or the really thinky Imperium by David Turchi. So that was kind of my take on it. I, I play it again, but I don't I don't necessarily feel the need to own it. But I can see why other people like the sandboxy nature of it. I don't. I mean, I was I played this a couple of years ago you know, different cleft back then. And I, still and you were delirious too. Yeah, probably. But, <laughs> um, I, I don't remember being all that like, you know, smitten with it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now granted, I mean, it's tough for me on tabletop yes. sometimes, but, um, uh, but now I just, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it just nothing yeah. in what you talked about yeah. sounded interesting to me. sound like the same old, same old from, you know, every game. Yeah. There's, I, I don't think you, it would be one that you would, would enjoy, but, Okay. But last game, one that we all enjoyed, is I brought over uh, a few a few weeks ago. I brought over Ready Set Bet by AEG's Don. John I don't know D. if Claire. you enjoyed it. You had to work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might have been a little tired at the yeah. end. Yeah, I, I was I was sweaty. I was definitely sweaty, but I enjoyed because Clef almost lost his voice. I felt like towards oh, the end. Oh my god, I was yelling yeah, at those yeah, guys yeah. so hard. Oh man! <laughs> so uh, really quick for anybody who hasn't played, Ready Set Bet is basically a horse racing game. You uh, what w- it? There is an app for it, but it works best with an announcer, I think, and and it's fun to do it if you enjoy that sort of thing. But you've got a racetrack and you've got horses that are numbered, and you're rolling die. And every time you roll a die that corresponds with that horse, you move that horse forward. And if you have rolled it two times in a row, it jumps extra spots depending on what that number is because, um, you know, there's obviously some uh, statistics in how often numbers would get rolled. So anyway, that that all balances itself out. But as you do that, players have these betting tokens and they're slapping them down on who's going to take first, second, or third or a different colors going to cross the line at a different time. And once three horses cross this little dividing line, which isn't the, the finish line, everybody has to stop betting. Also, if a token has gone down, Nobody else can usually place a token there, basically. So people are kind of slapping down and yelling for the horse that they're wanting to win and and that sort of thing. And it could be a really raucous good time, I think. It it plays up to eight. It says two. I don't know why you'd ever play it at two. But it it plays up to eight. And I think, you know, that is, is totally fun. How does yeah. the how does the app work with it? I guess since we just had you uh, it do just it, so. gives you numbers basically. It's just generating just, numbers, just right? Oh, okay. Numbers yeah. and then one person has to kind of push the horses. Yeah, at that point, yeah. So. Which actually, uh, that might be nice. Not having to you know roll, roll keep track of that, yeah. and move that. Yeah. So yeah, almost like that. It all and it was a fun game, but I'm just thinking to myself if you could even almost have 
an electronic version of it where the app just did it and then where, that way everybody could yeah mm-hmm. and it moves the horses and then yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that then, that actually i want that yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i so I, I just think it's kind of a fun raucous good time and every every round you actually get to get to choose from some ability cards too so like hey, mm-hmm. you might get a, a snake eyes and box cars card so you get get money get yeah. uh, money and betting I, mean, I might have missed chad's little though you know i mean oh look at there are threes out yeah. there oh here comes three. <laughs> oh, four's moving again here we go uh, i just i love it when when class like what is wrong with you four <laughs> roll a four it's yeah. definitely one you you want more the merrier more yeah. the merrier yeah. and so, well, we played it at yeah. i mean basically three just there was just three yeah. of us actually betting and yeah I, another five people betting at the same oh, time yeah. That'd be crazy. you'd be wanting to slap yeah. things down yeah. early and go yeah no, I, I a good fun party game for sure. Yeah. Yep. So yep. like, uh, Finn is having friends over uh, Saturday night, and he's already requested that I do that for, nice. for his party. Nice. So. That we'll is very that. cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, that was a lot of games, Richie. I feel like I, I feel like you I'm gonna, could, I probably you, I, you we'll probably cut in. out your whole section. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I'm being honest, <laughs> people, let me know if you hear me. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy uh well okay so um we're on to uh a little crowdfunding corner you got it uh so this is kind of going to be a different kind of a crowdfunding corner because we actually have coming to us right now in the mail we have a copy of this game coming, which is called Vindel to Viking. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it is from Ion Games, and it currently has, well, it's probably only going to have a few days left. Maybe yeah, two maybe or three if days. that. It, it's like three days, maybe as of this recording. So you'll be able to hop onto late pledges and stuff like that. But yeah, we, well, you could still hit it if you want to. Right. If you look at it, you think it looks cool. But um, we're going to kind of give some reports on it and, and throw some stuff out on onto our normal social medias after we've had a chance to play it, but it's probably going to be after the Kickstarter, but there'll be late pledges. So, uh, just said, yeah, people can get on those late pledges. So, um, I don't know, Chad, I don't even know anything much. It's, it's a precursor to PAX Viking, right? It's a prequel basically. So you're just kind of, uh, creating the history, um, like a family hit- tree. I yeah, a, it's uh, exactly yeah. right. In okay. fact, I think you have a board with a family tree. Yeah. And uh, so it's it's basically prior to that Viking area. Er, it's prior to that Viking area, and it's going to kind of each turn is going to be like generations of your family, and you're competing to have strength to be a leading family when you get to that Viking area. Right, right. And I think it's meant to, you know, you could even slap that together. So you've like built up your family, right. and then you go play Pax Viking yeah. afterwards. Right, even. exactly. So that's that's uh, which is a really an interesting idea. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. so especially anybody out there who really liked Pax Viking, you have a copy of Pax Viking, this would be something good to look into. Um, I almost think of it as uh, a role player. You know how like they, obviously role player was just the base game of just rolling all the dice, but then they made something where you could then use that character to go on and do something. This is mm-hmm. almost like kind of a backwards of that. So I'm interested. Like I said, it's it's in the mail on its way to us. So as soon as we get some things played, we'll, we'll kind of let you guys know and then maybe kind of talk about it maybe in the next podcast too but yeah Yeah, so maybe you put down like a dollar and then you can you know decide after you listen to us what you what you think yeah absolutely okay and that's uh 
Vindel to Viking by Ion Games. And so, Jan Manker. Jan Manker. All right. It's time to do a review. Woof. Woofy woof. So we are going to be doing a kind of a review of John Company, but with a big caveat here, we have not played even close to all of the stuff that possibly comes in the box. Yes. So we've played, I'd say, you know, we've played probably more games than we usually get in and of a review. But again, this is a, you know, this is a Cole Worley game and there's a lot to discover. There's a lot to figure out. Uh, We unfortunately haven't been able to touch the solo game. We haven't, touch the later year variants of the game so uh, or the firms part of the regular <laughs> no. game so right there is a lot i mean yeah i've played it nine times and still i think my next play i feel like i might want to go into the firms and see yeah. what okay. that's all about um because you know a little spoiler alert here i wanted to at least have the company succeed one time before i moved on so you cheated. And a little, no, <laughs> cheat, but a little spoiler. We did it the other night, okay? All right. Yeah, all on, right. on Slack, I'm you impressed. said, I Fine. did it. You really took a lot of the credit. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I saw Brockman jumped in there with the Wii. <laughs> Brockman didn't do anything. I did it all. So I did a little, I did what you would call the alpha quarterback here. I'm like, oh. okay, here's what you're going to do. Here's what you're going to do. And this way we're going to win. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brockman still won the game, okay? okay I didn't right, care right. about who won the game. I just wanted the company to See succeed. the company succeed, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. But anyways, we're going to get to that. First, let's talk a little bit about what John Company is, okay? John Company's second edition, second which edition, is a yes. beautiful production, I it might It is a very beautiful production. Um, I'm, I'm a little sad I did not get the metal coins like Chad did, mainly because you can't tell the coin difference in the... No, record, I think... So. I think you can order them. You can later. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. The cardboard coins are a, a little bit difficult to tell some of the color differentiates. It's not no. horrible, but it's just no. it's it's hard to see on the table. And we've been playing with the metal coins, so yeah, it's a little they're, fun. They're nice, but um, okay. So, what is John Company? Well, John Company is a at its heart, it is a negotiation game. Okay, as players, and you can play this. Uh, really, you can honestly play this one to six players. Um, you are going to be kind of families that are have jobs in this company that is obviously trying to make company the money you know the company's trying to make money and try to sh- and it's trying to show that it's making money so that it stays you know in business and, but as the families you are kind of trying to put your families in the right positions to kind of get a little bit of a kickback from the company so that obviously you make your money and then eventually want to retire what they call, you know, your pensioners so that you can kind of put them in these, what they call prizes, which is just really nice, you know, mansions, I guess, to live out the rest of their lives. And so that's your, your main way that you're making points in the game. Um, so it's, it's a different type of game than, than honestly I have ever played. And I think, you know, out of, you know, when, when you talk about a game like Endless Winter, you're like, okay, yep, I understand all those things. This is so different than whatever it is. So it's really hard to even kind of explain to people, okay, what do you do? Because if I just sat here and read to you the sequence of play, that's not going to help anybody out there. So I'm not going to do that, okay? Right. I mean, because I would so, even say, I would even say like this game is a business simulation negotiating role-playing war game. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't argue with that. Yeah, that's. And I, I think that's spot on. Yeah, and I and I and I'll tell you, you you can have games that are so like. I mean, we've had some games with the three of us in them where you know we're like fighting with every ounce of you know I'm not doing anything for the company if I don't get a kickback type of thing. Right. And like I said, then the other night I played a, a three player game with uh, with with Brockman and my wife where you know we just. Every we just did everything, you know. I don't think we traded a card in the entire game. We just mm-hmm. did everything to try to make the company succeed or whatever. Uh, so I think you can play it multiple. I think you can play it multiple different ways. So, um, so I, I don't. It, it's a hard thing to say. So I don't think we really want to go over a rules overview. You know, you're going to play no. rounds. You <laughs> kind of go through different phases, and each one of the different uh, characters or whatever will kind of do a you know have a certain action that they can do. Um, and like I said, then you're just, you, the object though is still to have your, your, your family to score the most victory points is how you win. And that will can different things will happen, whether or not if the company will succeed and make it to the end or whether the company fails and then the game ends immediately at that point, And then you score points uh, there. So, um, yeah, Cole has yeah. a full teach video. It's two and a half hours. If you want the full teach. And then he also has a, he, with heavy cardboard, he did a four, I think a four or five player playthrough where he taught it up front a little four, bit quicker. Four player, yeah, I watched yeah. it, yeah, um, yeah. He does a nice job. I mean, obviously, he he's the, the designer, game. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he he agreed, and he said to to Edward, the only reason he's going to do an upfront teach of the game was because that's you know that's heavy cardboard do, yeah. does. Um, I the last two times I have taught it. I have literally told the people that are playing, I'm not teaching you the game. We're just going to start. Yeah. And I'm good because if I go into talking about that, the, you know, the president of Bombay is going to have to roll dice to do this and this and this, and then we then start to play, you're not going to remember by the time no. you get there anyway. It's just too much up front to right. take in. You, you got to have to a, a rolling start. To right. Get into and the so, game. And, and I have, so I have now just learned, you know, yeah, you just, you just start and you say, okay, here's what we're doing. And then, you know, and, and so you almost in a way do have to alpha it. But that's what, you know, Cole said is really, if you have somebody who knows how to play it, then they can just, they can be the game master and move through it. And then the next time you play, then they've got an idea and then they can. Which the nice thing is it's procedural. So that works pretty well for our first game. We go through this, then we do this. But like, like so many of Cole's games, it's never going to be a game that you just want to play once because you need to kind of get your feet wet, understand it. And you get to understand the procedures every time. I would say one of the things that's most important to know is that everybody in the game is is going to get some starting resources and have an office. And then those offices do different things and those players get to start negotiating based on what those offices can A, do for the company and B, possibly do for the other players in their offices as well. Right, right. And that's and so of how you can play it, I mean, you literally could be, you know, and you you know, in their different roles or whatever as the chairman, you could right away be, you know, I'm not putting any money in anybody's, you know, kind of their kind of their coffers, you know, taking the money out of the company coffers and giving it to other people, unless you do something for me. I mean, you could play it that way if you wanted to, or you can obviously be a chairman and say, you know, okay, who wants what money and where's, where's the best place for the company. Right. So there's, there's just a lot of different ways that you can play this game, depending on the style of how you want to play a game. And believe me, like I said, I mean, the games with you guys have just been absolutely just 
ruthless. And then I've played some games where everybody's like, yeah, let's, you know, what can we do? You know, let's right. try to be good. And <laughs> so to give happy. an idea of this is there's a, also a prime minister in the game and the prime minister basically decides on, on a couple of different things, what's going to get taxed at the end of each, each round. And the prime minister also is going to decide uh, what uh, basically what laws get enacted, which is always interesting. And so there are votes that go around. And if you have certain industries in your possession as one of the players of the game, you may may get extra votes, but then you can also negotiate and uh, you can sometimes put your own relatives into different uh, offices or positions. Uh, but uh, that's called nepotism if you do that. And so the only way to get around that is people have to agree at the table. And sometimes you give your card out to other people say, uh, this is my nepotism card. I will agree to let you put your dumb cousin in an office mm -hmm. and you know not, not say a thing about it. If you put money into my coffers so that as minister of trade, sure. I can get stuff over here going into, into this part of the country. And right. But you, it, it, to give you an idea, when we played and I was prime minister, I enacted a law that I thought, Hey, this is going to be good for everybody. We, we can all do this. And Richie said, <laughs> no. And I said, Richie, that's going to be off, good for you. And he off, said, no, I want something. Well, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Yes. And I, well, and I would say, Obviously, I wasn't in any of the games that you had that were, you know, a lot of soft players around the table. <laughs> but soft. The, I think the, called the, Brockman soft. <laughs> <laughs> well, that you were trying to make the company succeed, which yes, I, yeah, yes, you have to. Yes. But I think because there is some role playing to go in this yes. game for sure. Yeah. yeah. And you need people who are who aren't wallflowers who are going to throw some personality into the game. And honestly, the, the law that Chad had put up was good for everyone. But since he's a prime minister, if it passed, he gets his beak wet a little bit. And I was, I was the one who had the votes, and my beak was very dry. And I wanted my beak wet. So, and you, you just, in this game, you have to find out whatever power you have and, and force it on the other players if you can. No, I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. That is, and to me, that is what, is going to be the best part of this game is you are going to have, you know, yeah, it's great for us, but what's in it for me. And that's always going to be the thing. And yeah, honestly, the games I've played with you guys, uh, you know, that's, that's what's so cool about it is, you know, what, well, how, you know, how are we going to do this and still make this company survive? You know, spoiler alert, we haven't. <laughs> right. no, we were, we were <laughs> way too in it for ourselves. And so this is interesting, too. We'll get into this because we really haven't talked about battling because really like so. And Cole does always a great job of these historical games where he makes you want to learn more about a topic. So I knew about the East India Trading Company and, and kind of the idea of what it had done. But I didn't I wasn't fully aware. This is like I mean, if you really think about it. This is like because you fight, you roll die, you go into the country and you try to you try to suppress these people and take all their resources. And you're a company. This is like Walmart coming in, coming into you know I don't know Africa and going like, yep. yeah, we're gonna fight you, or you're gonna give us your resources, mm -hmm. or you know like it's just it's crazy thinking about it. Right. I mean, and and if you if you the very first page of the rule book, you know him talking about it, you know here's the line: John Company engages in a very serious with its theme that is meant to be a frank portrayal of an institution that was dysfunctionally as it was institutionally, you know I mean? Yeah. It was uh, influential. I mean, um, I mean, this is a dark theme. Yeah. I mean, and, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, I mean, yes, it is part of our, it's part of, you know, not our history. I mean, British history and well, the world history. Um, but um, 
Yeah, you're you're not kidding. I mean, that is literally it's like if Walmart had its own army yeah. that then it went into countries and just said, you know, I mean, it went into China basically and said, you know, these now these hundred thousand people are going to work for us or whatever, you yeah, know, type of thing. Yeah, I mean, that's now exactly to be fair, what it was. our army was so. never good. Well, we did not understand how to build it up first. Well, okay, but did I tell you how to do it and you ignored me? That's what happened. No, the, ah. no. Last time we played, we did not attack the first round. You didn't say anything about attacking the second round. Yeah, I said only attack one place and then we attacked two. But see, once two. again, that was just for him. He was the president of that area. That th- That's yeah, the whole right, game. Is, right. Yeah, yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, but that's, you, you have to take that into account, right? Like, so that is part of role playing. So I think if you... If you get into it and you're like, you're excited by the role playing, just remember you are role playing some pretty despicable people and you have to, you have to understand that. So I think quite honestly, it feels a little bit like, like Tammany Hall, you know, like, oh, let's get these, you know, let's kick these people out of this sector and let's beat up these people, you know, like there's, you know, when we do that, we have a little bit of that and some negotiation and stuff. So it's, it's knowing that that's what you're going to get into. So I think that's an important thing to know with your game group. Right. Uh, and, and you definitely want to, I mean, as you said, the, the theme, you want to make sure that you're not going to have anybody who could potentially be offended by the thing. Sure. So, you know, Hey, this Absolutely. is, we are going to be acting like how this was, you know, and if that bothers you, you know, maybe it's not, you know, that might not be the game for them. Yeah. I, you know, so yeah, that's, that's a great point. Well, I would just say, uh, you know, th- there's, we, we talk about attacking and sometimes uh, I think you talked about why it succeeded last time on our Slack too, because sometimes with dice rolls, that is a part of it. This is again, a war game. And so it, it is, I, I think I like how it does it. Like it streamlines most war games and just saying, look, you are paying a coin per dice basically. And, uh, uh and then when, when you pay with those with those, uh, with that money, you get to roll this many dice, and this is a success. This is a complete failure. This is, you know, fatigue. Those kinds of things. So it pretty much streamlines. I feel like a lot of wargaming mechanisms in there for the most right. part, but it is very chancy, and you could just get screwed on dice rolls. That's important to know too. Right, right, and I'll agree with you on that. Is uh, if you don't like some luck and randomness this is also not going to be a game for you because there's is it's a lot of luck and a lot of randomness now it has on everybody's player board it has like the odds you know if you so as chad was kind of talking about when you roll a die you're gonna you're gonna succeed whatever you're trying to do with a one or a two if you get a three or four it doesn't succeed but nothing bad happens if you only get a five or a six then it's a catastrophic failure and that usually means like your person's going to get fired and, you know, you're going to lose that office and, you know, other things, bad things could happen. And so you kind of have to decide how many dice do I want to roll to try to mitigate, you know, that luck, you know? So, well, if I roll four dice, I have an 80% chance of success, but spending money is what the game's all about. You know, I mean, you want to obviously keep money in there. And there's, there's a few times where Richie was like, you know, Hey, Let's just chance it. You know, sometimes we can't spend mm. all of our money because we need to have more money for the next time. And um, so, okay, so do you go down to three dice and chance it? You know, okay, well, now I'm down to a 70% chance, you know. And obviously, you could roll six dice and still not get a success. I mean, right, you know, there's, yeah. there's going to be those times. But I think it's wonderful. I, You know, and, and 
this is coming from, you know, I don't like just total random, you know, let's just roll some dice and decide stuff. I like this because it, it just has that feeling of, you know, okay, well, it's a chance. Back in those days, oh, you sent a ship out to go get, you know, pick up a bunch of silk. Oh, guess what? The ship sunk, you know, it hit storms and it's, it's done. Oh, guess what? Now all your silk is at the bottom of the, you know, East India, you know, ocean or whatever. So, and I think is that there an East India ocean, I, well, there's a maybe Indian there's the Indian ocean. ocean. There's an East, maybe the East part of it. Well, I would okay. say that's why, uh, and this is, you know, I'll probably talk a little bit more in my final thoughts, but that's why I would say this is a, this is meant to me as an experience. Like it is a game too. Don't get me wrong, but it is an experience first and foremost. I think if you sometimes, if you get really, really invested in the outcome of the game, you might be upset or disappointed mm. because they, sometimes you don't have control because of the dice rolls, but also because some three people just decide to turn around and really mess you up. Yeah. Uh, and that can be yeah. a thing in this game. Yeah. Uh, so you just need to know that. And, but that's why I think it works to do the role playing, to do the, the negotiation. And really what comes out of it is the experience of it and the memories of it, that what, what you created around the table. Right. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you who has won most of the games that I have played of it. Cause I could, it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> because those are pretty much irrelevant. It's the right, stories right, right. and the, you know, the, the, you know, the Richie being basically like, I don't care if the law is good for us, you know, what's in it for me. <laughs> yeah. Those are the fun parts of it. Yeah. And I'll agree with you. That is, and that's why the game, it's just, it's such a different experience right. than anything. I mean, this is, you know, this is just not your typical. I mean, this is not a euro. I mean, not by no, a not long shot. I mean, this is not a euro. Like honestly, so. if uh, the rules, I mean, it, it's a big barrier. Like people who are into like a Meritrash themey games, if you could get them over that rules hump, like the yeah. the negotiation, the role playing within the game is more down that road. It's fantastic that yeah. way. I would say, and we, we talk about this, we talk about barriers. Um, the biggest barrier is the events. So you, at the end of every round, you're flipping over this event deck that causes certain things to happen within the country. Uh, there might be uprisings, but how those uprisings happen and the different defenses within the countries that are symbolized by these tower levels uh, and which one's a capital and which one's kind of over the other neighboring countries and who's in charge and then there's also this elephant to kind of symbolize where the rebellion or uprising might be happening next sort of right those kinds of things are uh the heaviest minutiae in this game that are probably the biggest barriers and they work there's a reason to have them but they are so th this game is not something i'm going to play very very rarely as any game but this is ga game is not something i'm going to want to play every weekend but i will want to play it often and somebody needs to to remember those rules because this <laughs> yeah. that's the niggling part of this game is remembering what happens when certain cards are drawn in certain ways basically and you know as i, said, I think i've played it like i said nine times and I, it's still not a hundred percent with me like I'm, I'm much better at it now but it's certainly something that's in there. And so I'm going to segue real quick because usually we kind of go through uh, arts and components and, you know, as we already kind of talked about, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful game, but uh rule book and Cole, I love you. And as anybody else, whenever you watch Cole, does he remind you of Will Wheaton? Like go watch him do a teach on heavy cardboard and just, and then go watch Will Wheaton do a teach. 
Okay, I, just, I hadn't just thought about that. No, I, I will say I could compliment Cole. By the way, so I could I listen to so. Cole talk. I could just always uh, I listen. I don't to totally Cole agree, talk. but I just I don't know. I just the man. Anyways, but this rule book to me sucked. Okay, and I mean I'm trying. I'm being nice about that. But when you're talking, <laughs> oh, I'm not being nice about that. When you're talking about this heavy of a game, give me a GMT rule book. Okay, and I mean I understand maybe I'm being a little snooty right now. But there is something beautiful when you're talking about this heavy of a game. I want to be able to go look and see. Okay, uh, what? Okay, what's this word? Okay, where can I go find information about it? Okay, fourteen point four point three. He did that uh, so, for root, kind of. So, so. well, he, he didn't do it for this game. For <laughs> um, and I, I, so, like the other day, I was looking through this, and we we had over forty dollars in the. We were going to have more than forty dollars in the coffer of the you know the company coffer, and I'm trying to look through this book, trying to find. Can you have more money? Well, I find like two days later, I was reading the rule book and I finally found it like an obscure spot, you know, and it wasn't with anything else. And then, I mean, come on, when you do setup of a game, don't give me like, you know, like number four here says place a marker on the five space of the company balance track. I don't even know what a marker is when I'm first opening up a rule, you know, and I'm reading it. So I'm just saying, I think this rule book and I realize he's trying to make it for maybe more of a mass market type of, you know, people out there, but this heavy of a game, I want a more streamlined rule book with just, and, and okay. If you want to make a rule book like this, you need to make another rule book along with it. That's a more detailed, you know, GMT which go is to this type of rule. Like Jesse, that, so. that is what he did for root. So yes, I would like that in this right. as well. It, it, so meaning that he's, yeah. he's not unfamiliar with that style. And, and yeah. Like the car, like all the laws, which most of them are pretty self-explanatory, but we had one the other day. We we're like, okay, it said something about the, the president's bonus. that goes to the company, uh, goes to the company and it doesn't say, and how it worded it was like, is it go to the player and the company or just the company? And then there's nothing in there. There's nowhere in there that it gives you anything about the cards and, and anything like that. And so I just, I wish this was a little bit better for people who are going to have a lot of rules questions because they're really going to dive in and, and want to know stuff. that what, what is going on hmm. there as opposed to just kind of the basics. So yeah. Cause anyways. this is a 48 page rule book. So, so yeah. I mean, half of it is solo and, you know, well, that half of it, but you know, know, and then this firm stuff that I haven't even read yet. So, but anyways, um, so I just wanted to touch on that because I mean, the first time I played this game, it was Jake, Dan and me and one other person. And we read from the rule book to learn this game. And woo. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why I, I, I don't know Ooh. if I do that, but again, it is 48 pages and it kind of urges you to read it. This is what it says in the rule book. It tells you kind of to read it, then have a cup of coffee, then go back and like kind of read it again and set up the game. It's like, this is a 48 page rule book, Cole. How many times do you think I'm going to read this thing? What kind of time do you think I got? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so my last thing I want to talk about, and then we can, we can definitely get into final thoughts because we've talked a lot just, and we've, we've kind of commented on this, but I will say to you, player count makes a big difference in this game. Okay. We have played it mostly at like four or five. I've mm-hmm. yet to play a six player game, but when you're talking at a five player game, you don't get necessarily a lot of stuff. Like you got, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you might have like one office and maybe a ship or, or something or none. Right. <laughs> and so it's much more of a negotiation of, I, you know, Hey, I need to get something right. Where when I played it at three player, 
you have a lot more. Sh- like, it's not like you're like, well, well, I don't have anything that I have. You know, you, I still got a couple of things. Oh, you got a couple of things. Okay, that's okay. I'm not as worried about trying to wet my own beak because I got enough than when it's like in a five player game. So I think that's a big, big difference in there. Now, I didn't play solo or two player, but I did look and I did a lot of, I, I read everything about it. And it looks very interesting because supposedly this is supposed to simulate the negotiation part of this game, which you would hmm. think that's really tough to, you know, to simulate negotiation. But what it is, is if you play two player, you're going to play with one AI, you know, basically they call it the crown. It's, it's the British input, you know, and they kind of are working with you to do some stuff. And you have like these promise cubes that you can use. And if, like I said, if you're playing three players, so obviously, well, excuse me, two player and the crown is the third player, then both of the, or the, whoever is the active or the button, they call it kind of the, the button is on one of the players. And so if the, if the, if the uh, crown has something where it's like, okay, give such and such to a player, whoever has the button, they'll get that. And then they pass the button to the other player. And okay. so, and they even said in negotiation wise, that's even something you could negotiate. You could be like, Hey, I've got the button. I'll give you the button, button. if you do this. And so then the next time that comes up. So I, I found that to be very interesting. Then the, so, and how that works is there's this whole book right here. And, uh, as everyone can see on radio right now, I'm holding this book out, but it has every single action and how the game goes. And then what will the company do depending on what, uh, kind of, animal comes out on these AI cards or whatever. And then it will also be like, you know, picks which president it will help or whatever the case is. And it goes through every single, um, of the, of the actions and then gives you what kind of the crown will do depending on which, uh, which one of these animal things or whatever is on the AI card to, to dictate that. Um, same thing if you play solo, except for the crown will play as two players. Um, so then, and I, I didn't fully read on that, but it still seemed like it was something that would be doable. I, you know, and I know Chad, you were going to look and try to do it and you had some, some leaf problems and some car problems. And some- <laughs> <laughs> it was tough. It wasn't that I didn't want to, cause this yeah, same person, yeah. uh, uh, it packs, uh, well, you read the rule book, took a cup of coffee, read the rule book. Pax Pamir was, uh, Pax Premier Second Edition uh, is a game that is thought highly of for the solo mode, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the same person. His he has a YouTube channel. I'm sorry that I can't think of his name, but his YouTube channel is Box of Delights, and he does a lot of solo stuff. He's a really smart guy. I've been doing it for a while, and so um, you know, th- I would imagine, even though I wasn't able to, and I really do want to still. Um, so so maybe we'll be able to give you a kind of um you know hey yeah an update um but uh but yeah i would i would think that it would be good even though you wouldn't expect negotiation to be easy to simulate i i would uh be interested interested i i mean obviously i'm going to say right now this game should be played in my opinion higher player counts is what you're looking for for sure definitely just you know we're we're talking so much about the uh, player uh you know what it's like to play with, uh, as Richie says, soft players versus, you know, a bunch of Richies around the table. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, yeah. That'd be scary. Yeah. Huh? More um, Richies. Oh, boy, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like the worst lineup I could possibly put together. Like, <laughs> like, of, of, like, you, the company's going to fail in round one. Yeah. <laughs> well, you two are the ones embezzling money out of the company, so. 
Yeah, you know, sometimes you gotta gotta um, wet your beak. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I mean, is there anything else that you guys feel like we didn't hit on or want to talk about or anything? Um, like I said, you know, when I kind of we first started talking about this, this is all from our experience with the beginning seventeen ten scenario. I don't think that I mean I've, I think there's some differences or something in the in the later years, but I think they just have some different starting stuff. The real big difference that we have not played with is there's an opposite side of the board that has what's called the firms phase, which we have. And I noticed that on the heavy cardboard run through, they just skip it too. They don't, they don't do mm-hmm. that part either. So, um, and it has some where you have uh, a London treasury and then you have an Indian treasury and you have some shares that you can have in this. And then uh, this is where the ship names come in a little bit more like, cause you have your own personal ships, Mm. I, I started to read it and I guess I didn't have my cup of coffee to go back and read it again. But <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to have to have somebody else with me to understand yeah. what's going on. Cause I just, I'm excited to try it though. So, I kind of yeah. think it's like in 18 XX parlance, uh, like having, you know, other private companies basically under you that you get to kind of use and should have known so. Chad would have snuck in uh, yeah. 18 XX. So, <laughs> and I don't even know what he said. God, you, know what, you know what we didn't talk about was Stevenson's rocket. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I was uh, waiting for somebody to bring that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's finish with John Company, and then maybe yeah, yeah. Richie still has another game we can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Richie, why don't you tell everybody here how we rate at Ooh, Punchboard Paradise? See if I remember. Um, so on Punchboard Paradise, we rate on six point scale with a one. Uh, being a game that makes you miserable and uh, six being a game that could be in your top 10 of all time. Okay. All right. Chad, get us started. All right. Well, like I said, I, I don't, this is not a game I want to want to play every weekend, but this is a game that goes into my collection for sure, because it is wholly unique. Uh, I guess what the, the best analogy I can give you is that I just read a, a, a great book called Lincoln on the Bardo, and it is written like a Greek chorus. It's written like a play. It's very hard to read, and I've tried to read it three times. I finally made it through. Very great book, but it teaches you how to read it. This game teaches you how to play it. It's like nothing else that you've ever played, and in that respect, it's not comfortable you know, you might ram your head up against it a few times and 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 come away from it. And, you know, but if you can put in the time, it is a wholly unique experience. Just like the book I read, it's not a macaroni and cheese game. It's not a comfort food game. It's not like, ooh, I'm, I, you know, I feel snugly. I want to, I want to play that again and again. It is just something you are going to remember. It feels like a pivotal design, like nothing else. Uh, so I'm going to give it uh, a very high four. Um, it's not a game I'm going to want to play all the time, but it is a, a very good game, and I'm excited to get more plays uh, plays in of it. Okay, very right. good. Uh, I'm very interested in this book. I, I think I would... Uh I think it'd be very nice to add to my uh, two other books over there that I've never read. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Richie, what say you? Um, I mean, everyone knows I, I love... Cole's designs and as a I mean he's almost just like an art I almost look at him like an artist like mm-hmm. with his games yes. like he is yes. so unique and he pushes limits he he tries a lot of different things and I have enjoyed and loved every game of this it is a negotiation game if you're just into like dry euros I don't know that this is for you necessarily and I don't even know that I necessarily want to teach this to anybody <laughs> like I think I'm just playing with you guys and other people that know how to play John Company uh, but 
I mean, the game is fantastic. I'm in between a five and a six. Mm. Mm. The, the rules are a real barrier. Mm-hmm. And we haven't even played the full game. Sure, <laughs> really? Sure. I'll give it a five for now. Okay. It's at a five. But I, I, I think it will be a six when we look back at it. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, you know, this is going to echo a lot of what you guys just kind of said. The thing that right now is so intriguing to me about this game is it's still every time I play it, I'm learning. You know, it's like, and I'm not trying to pick on a Euro game, but like, you know, when you play Ginkopolis, you know, I mean, after you've played two rounds, you understand what you're doing and you don't need to still you know, learn. I mean, it's, you know, and there's nothing wrong with Ginkopolis, but that's just, it's just the same, you know, it's, it's a very simplistic and that might be because I've played those games a lot. And so it's, it's normal to me where this is so different and it's, it is, and it's an experience. I mean, I've literally, I'm not kidding. I've never tried to win the game. I don't even worry about that. I'm just in it for what is going on of the experience. Now, yes, I'm still trying to score points and, you know, trying to figure out how to do that, but it's so different of that type of game. And that's what I love. And like I said, I don't even know what I feel like is, uh, you know, half the game with this other side of the board. And uh, I was telling Brockman after we played it the other night, you know, there's this other side of the board. He goes, well, that's got to be better because, you know, it's like, when you used to play clinic on the, on the easy side, and then all of a sudden you mm-hmm. realized, oh, you got to play it on the hard side. Cause then the parking really matters, you know? And then, uh, you know, tramways, oh boy, if you play it on the hard stress size, how much better of a game it is. I almost feel like it's even going to be better when I get into that thing. Oh man. I, I don't know. I mean, when you say, when we say a six on this, you know, podcast, that means I think this could be a top 10 game for me of all time. I don't know. It could be, and I'm like Richie right now, I'm going to give it a five because at this moment, I don't think I know the game well enough to say it could be it, but I could look back at this in a year and be, oh my God, I was crazy for ever giving it a five. It is a hundred percent of six. I right now could play this every weekend and three more times during the week and be just fine. I love it that much. I'm loving and I don't even mind teaching people because like I said now I just am like here's how I'm going to teach you we're just going to go you know I'm not going to sit here and teach you the game I might give you a few basics or whatever of what we're doing but I'm just I'm going to roll so I don't even think I mind teaching it to be honest with you so the highest possible five I could possibly give a Mm. game without giving it a six Well, there you have it. There's a really high four from me, a high, high five from Clef, and a five, five, five from Richie. So You got a triple five? <laughs> he did. He did a triple five. Triples are best. Triples are best. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 man, I want to. I'm, I probably, if we go back and revisit this in four years, um, I will probably end up giving it a five. I just, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's such an intriguing game. Uh, yeah, if you guys get a chance, excuse me, if y'all get a chance to check it out, I would. We all recommend at least right. at least wetting. Yeah, you got to try it. You got to wet your beak. Hey, got to wet your yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, hey, I'll definitely uh, we'll uh, I'll put in a teach for at PeepeeCon. Oh, there you, there you go. go. You know, so there yeah, you go. A big old rousing yeah. game. There we go. Uh, speaking of PeepeeCon, uh, hey, if you want to sign up and come. You can. We got somebody coming from Canada. Canada. Yeah. 
Hey, Canada, eh? <laughs> that was the worst. Hey, you know what? I, you, know what you know what my favorite part of the, of the review was? I didn't do a voice. There was no British Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I thought about it. I thought, uh, yeah, no. No. <laughs> even worse. I, w- I, w- I would hope not to have a Mickey Mouse from East India. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, that would yeah. be very bad. Okay. But uh, yeah, so PPCon, if you're interested, tabletop events, uh, you know, like I said, you have questions, let me know. Still plenty of spaces available, and we would love to see anybody who can make it. I understand it's not cheap, you know, unfortunately, cons are not necessarily cheap sometimes, but. Um, we're gonna make it pretty special this not, year. Yeah, I, I, not, we're we're working hard behind the scenes to kind of yeah. do some do some fun stuff. So yeah, not to toot our own horns, but we we put on a pretty good con. Yeah, it was a blast. Yeah, it was pretty good. All right, uh, what do you got for us left? What, what's left? Chad? We got. Uh, we were just talking about looking back, and uh, so uh, to twenty five hundred divided by pi days ago, um, we reviewed. Is there an in, inter, integrator in there? Integrator? <laughs> you mean an integer? integer? <laughs> integrator. An entertainer? Yeah, the, the Terminator's uh, <laughs> second cousin, integrator. Um, so we played Holler Tau and reviewed it. And uh, I bet you guys want to remember what you gave it. I looked it up. You did? <laughs> what? So proud of you. Clef gave it a three. Yes, he did. Okay. Chad gave it a five. I did. I did. That's coming down. That's got to be coming down. If, if John Company can't Those, get a five, yeah, that's that, got to be coming that, down. That, that is why, that's why I felt guilty right away, yeah. given the four. To, yeah. So anyway. Uh, and I gave it a four. Yeah. And you actually, you gave it a five for Solo, is what you said. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I would stick by the five for Solo. Um, and that's what I'll say about this game is that, man, my favorite thing about this game is the scaling. Um, I'm going to give it a four, but the reason it still stays at a four for me, uh, it does have luck of the draw. Definitely. Right. Uh, it, that is a thing in this game, but m- my wife and I like to play Uva games together and I still find it to be a fun Uva game to play together. She likes playing this game and I, I feel like, you know, yeah, sometimes the combos aren't there for you in the card draw, but it's still fun when they are. And, uh, and like I said, the way that it scales is probably it's probably got some of the best scaling but player count uh to a game that that I can think of really. Mm. So that, yeah. It's uh it's a, it's going to a four for me. Four for you? Yeah, yeah mine would say out of four. And I think I might have caveat it the the five if you're playing on tabletop simulator solo. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, remember. that's what it was. It's scripted it, on there and it just you, does all the stuff for you. You which, said if it goes away, <laughs> then you're bringing it down. But yeah. it's there still. It's still so, there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, of his games, especially his big box games, this one is kind of very popcornish. Mm. Just, uh, just a good time. Mm-hmm. So I, okay. I still enjoy it. I still like the little house moving mechanism thing. Uh, I think a four is perfect for it. Okay, I'm probably like probably about as opposite of the punch bunch. You know, like is like I am with Ark Nova. I just have you know I sold my copy. I mean, I don't ever, I don't think I'll ever play it again. It doesn't have anything for me. Once again, it's one of those games that, okay, I understand it. Here's how you run it. I mean, there's just nothing new to it when you play it. So I don't, I feel like a two though would be a little bit on the downside because I don't think I necessarily was miserable anytime I played it. Um, I mean, this is the cards are kind of cute and everything. I'll, I'll keep it at a three, but a low three for me. Okay. Well, let's see what our punch bunch uh, over on our guild 3227 had to say about it. 
Andrew V said, while I've played a few others, this is my only Uva game, so take this with a grain of salt. I love the fact that it isn't a huge, sprawling Euro like his bigger games, although there is still a ton of cardboard here. Relatively easy to teach for a heavier game, which is nice. Scales well with the Automa cards, so there is some tension at lower player counts. I've yet to play anything other than the Hop starter decks and still want to keep playing them. The massive amount of cards guarantees a good amount of variability, and when I tire of those decks. The worker placement is simple yet fun. I like that you can get in other people's way, but they're usually still able to take an action that works, albeit less optimal. I have yet to break 100, but I am looking forward to getting there. Not sure I'd say this is a top 10 game for me, but it isn't leaving the collection anytime soon, so I'd say a 5. Nice. All right. Uh, well, Aaron Schmidtkin said, It is a classic Rosenberg goodness. I think I enjoy it more with each play. PPP 5. Actually, I think it was just two PPs there. An <laughs> extra P. There's some more P's right. in there. Yeah. So, all right. All right. And Ryan Espen says, Hollow Tau is my third favorite Uva. I love games where I have slash get cards to help me formulate a strategy and constantly needing to pivot decisions based on board state slash resources. I love how the worker placement spots are handled with spaces costing more workers to activate it if there are already workers there. It's not Agricola for me, which I consider to be a six on the PP scale, but it certainly is a high five for me. So we do have some uh, some Rosenberg fans in the group, and I think you kind of know com- going into it, There's there were so many reviews of this that you kind of know that card draws a thing because a lot of people said yeah. it. So you kind of know if if you're going to get that when you, when you start it. So the people that like it already kind of had an inkling that they liked it, I think. so. But there you have it. That is an episode. That is monster games. I uh, no, we still have Richie's uh, Stevenson Rocket to talk <laughs> about. about. Oh yeah, Stevenson Rocket. <laughs> uh. um, well, that night we played Stevenson's Rocket, and then we played a game that I think Clef found like on the ground somewhere under, <laughs> under a dumpster. <laughs> yeah, and I behind the throne. Behind the throne. Yeah, <laughs> he found it under the throne. <laughs> And I was cursing a lot during Behind the Throne because it's a little card game where you, you're drawing cards and <laughs> I kept getting, luck, yeah. yeah, press your luck. I just kept getting screwed by the, the card draw. And I still, I can't lie, I still had more fun with that than Stevenson's Rocket. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was, Stevenson Rocket was, one, I don't like the putting the track behind the train. the train. Yeah, it is That's very, a, it is very confusing. If you're a big Age of Steam fan, it's like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, I didn't like that at all, even though that really didn't have that much it didn't change like if you no, just put it in front yeah. it wouldn't make a difference but it does make a difference <laughs> it does yes uh yeah steven's a rocket I, well, I can't recommend it what would you give it on the uh, punch board scale there richie mm. <laughs> here's that we had i had fun i always have fun around the table with you guys so it yeah. automatically like pushes it to Ooh. a three but like gameplay wise it's a two <laughs> i'm sorry uh, uh, yeah, there was a lot of no. It was funny. Uh, there but was, I told you I'd play it again. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and he, he did. did. He did. He did. Uh, good he was watching work. a lot of the baseball game, but he did. He was. play. It was a world it, this, is, this is what but he, he had, come in second place. So I can't. Actually he had talk one about. eye on the game, and then the other eye was on Richie to be like. Oh, <laughs> I told you. Yeah, this Oh boy! All right, now it's an episode. There we there go. go. It's always it's always good. Yeah, I, that's true. You know, I think more and more we talked about this, right? Like more and more, uh, it's the experience around the table. I think the more games oh, you play, right? Yeah. The more games you play, because we all like the puzzle. We all still feel that way. We all like to solve a puzzle and get our brains going. But more and more Thursday nights for me are uh, I, if I don't get if I don't get some good laughs in. 
uh, I haven't I haven't got what I needed yeah. out of the night. Yeah. So that's 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 why sitting around the table is the best when it comes to a board game. No matter what, that's that's the best right there. Punch bunch. I really hope uh, that you have that for you and your group too. And so uh, I want to give you a heartfelt thanks for listening. And I want to say, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. All right, everybody. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise. 